Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ, Book 1, Chapter 2 On Taking a Low View of Oneself As for knowledge, it comes natural to all of us to want it. But what can knowledge do for us without the fear of God? Give me a plain, unpretentious farmhand, content to serve God. There is more to be made of him than of some conceited university professor who forgets that he has a soul to save because he is so busy watching the stars. To know yourself. That means feeling your own worthlessness, losing all taste for human praise. If my knowledge embraced the whole of creation, what good would it do in God's sight? It is by my actions that he will judge me. Why not take a rest? from this exaggerated craving for mere knowledge, which only has the effect of distracting and deluding us. People are so fond of passing for learned men and being congratulated on their wisdom. Yes, but what a lot of knowledge there is that contributes nothing to our soul's welfare. And there can be no wisdom in spending yourself on pursuits which are not going to promote your chances of salvation. All the talk in the world won't satisfy the soul's needs. Nothing but holiness of life will set your mind at rest. Nothing but a good conscience will help you to face God unashamed. The wider, the more exact your learning, the more severe will be your judgment, if it has not taught you to live holily. No art, no science, should make a man proud of possessing it. Such gifts are a terrifying responsibility. Meanwhile, however well satisfied you are with your own skill or intelligence, never forget how much there is that remains unknown to you. Let us not have airs of learning. Own up to your own ignorance. What is the use of crowing over some rival when you can point to any number of doctors and masters who can beat you at your own game? If you want to learn an art worth knowing, you must set out to be unknown, and to count for nothing. There is no lesson so profound or so useful as this lesson of self-knowledge and of self-contempt. Claim nothing for yourself. Think of others kindly and with admiration. That is the height of wisdom and its masterpiece. Never think yourself better than the next man, however glaring his faults, 
however grievous his offenses. You are in good dispositions now, but how long will they last? Tell yourself, we are frail, all of us, but none so frail as I. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us not forget the last word of chapter one, grace. Grace is a gift from the Lord. And if we are going to profit from this book, we have to have God's grace. That is, he has to help us to appreciate this book. Because this book, The Imitation of Christ, is not easy reading. This book will put before us some of the most difficult teachings of Christianity in a very practical, down-to-earth, but very direct way. This book will make us want to stop reading it in some ways because it's going to bring home to us many difficult and challenging teachings. And so yesterday, the first principle is put before us, the desire to imitate Christ. And tonight, a second principle is put before us, self-knowledge. A little bit before the writing of this book, St. Catherine of Siena lived, the great Dominican laywoman, mystic. And she spoke in a similar way about the cell of self-knowledge. That is the cell where a monk or a nun, a canon lives, his room within the monastery. That's what a cell is, the monastic cell, where a person prays and looks for God. But St. Catherine spoke of our, our selves as a kind of cell. And our Lord said, enter into yourself and close the door. Enter into your room and close the door and speak to your father in secret. Well, this entering into ourselves, this paying attention to ourselves, this knowing ourselves, this is fundamental if we're going to follow Christ. Because who is it that's following Christ? It's me. It's you. What are our temptations? What are our weaknesses? These are important to know. But what's also important to know is how little we are left to ourselves. It's very important that we don't have a self-inflated view of ourselves, because if we do, then we're not going to follow him very well. As our Lord told St. Catherine, I am he who is, and you are she who is not. God is the necessary being, the one who has to exist. And you or I, a hundred years ago, we definitely didn't exist. And if anything had been different in our life, any small change in our ancestry, someone else may be here, but it wouldn't be us. 
every single human life, the particular life that's here, you, your life, my life, all the material things that had to go in to make that possible, it's a kind of miracle that we're here. Kind of a miracle. But we are here. But we didn't have to be. And how easily it would have been if we weren't here. And so this is a kind of natural basis for knowing how left to ourselves we're worthless. That's the thing. He says, you're worthless. Now that has to be rightly understood. Because if we were really worthless, Christ wouldn't have died for us. And we know that Christ gave himself up for me and for you, for every one of us. If we were absolutely worthless, then the Lord wouldn't have given you the grace to call you here, to listen to this, to pray. No, it's a worthlessness left to ourselves, a worthlessness relying on our own strength, a worthlessness apart from God. But we're not apart from God because he has willed to make us necessary, as it were. He's willed to make use of us. He's willed to share his life with us. He's willed to call us into an intimate friendship with himself through a friendship with his son by the grace of the Holy Spirit. But we cannot evaluate our true excellence, our true worth, based on simple knowledge. Yes, knowing makes us kind of in the image of God. But there's something more important than knowing the things of the world. It's knowing ourselves. And above all, knowing God. And so he gives us very practical device tonight. If you're tempted to think you're something great, just remember there's always someone who knows more than you do. If you're tempted to think that you're the greatest thing that's ever crossed some kind of skill or athletic ability or any other kind of thing, well, just remember that there's someone else that can beat us at our own game. And if we're tempted to look down on someone else, we think they're not a very good person. What does he tell us? He says, just remember, you may be close to God right now. I may be close to God right now. But what I will be, I can't predict how frail I am. I could fall away from God tonight. I could fall away from God tomorrow. I could end up being worse than that person I'm looking down on. So why am I doing it? Why am I trying to puff myself up by putting someone else down? Come, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth. Lead us to a desire to follow Christ based on a knowledge of ourselves, based on our own awareness of our needs, our need for love, our need for friendship, our need for forgiveness, my need for truth, my need for life, my need for beauty, my need to know that I am cared for, my need to know that I have some part in some great plan. My need to be wanted. To be liked. And who offers us the solution to those needs? Jesus Christ. In him, 
we know that we are liked and cared for and wanted. Come follow me, he says, and I will make you fishers of men. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.